you ever had those moments when someone inspires you in a way that's really not as inspiring as you would hope? You know, what they say is supposed to be encouraging to push you on to go to the next level, but instead it's more like an emotional whipping. I kind of experienced one of those yesterday, but it was kind of like being backed in the corner too. Welcome to Leading Leaders Podcast. Five-minute videos, five days a week. I'm Jay Lauren Norris with Leading Leaders Podcast. I remember when I was doing close-quarter combat training, and one of the guys in the echelon of my trainers was my pastor. Uh, and another one of those guys, the one who trained him and who came to do his black belt certification, uh, did a couple of rounds of training with us as well. And he was actually... Uh, Krav Maga specialist and a close quarter combat specialist and a Dallas SWAT officer and trainer for the Dallas SWAT. And there were many times that although I was physically bigger than him, we would get into these sparring matches and I just wanted to take his head off because he kept besting me. He would do little things and I was like, oh man, you stop doing that. I, I felt like, I felt like he was cheating, but he wasn't. He was just using the tactics the way they're trained to be used, using them very well. And so sometimes we have these verbal sparring matches with someone that they challenge us in ways that the truth is they're just using the techniques properly. They're asking the questions that goad us, that back us into the corner. You know, the first time somebody pulled a rubber knife on me, I didn't feel threatened by the rubber knife. But as the encounter went on, I realized this is for real. You, you, need, to, you need to understand that this could be a, re a regular knife just as well as a rubber knife, and you need to react in kind. And so in this verbal sparring yesterday, it was kind of the same thing. I realized this is not a real attack, but this is a real question. How many people have to report to you for you to call yourself a leader? And that was kind of the way the question was asked. I mean, how is it you have a leading leaders podcast when you don't show up in an office every day? You don't lead an organization of 500 or even 100 or even five. There aren't five people that report to you on a daily basis. How do you call yourself a leader? And it became kind of depressing. It, it kind of backed me into the corner emotionally to go, you know what, maybe I am a fraud. Maybe I am an imposter. Maybe I need to go to one of these fast food restaurants, you know, the 67 of them that all have a now hiring sign because they can't keep an employee because the people that work there do weird stuff like schedule them at odd hours, even when they've told them, I won't schedule you on those hours. I know because I have young millennials in my world, my own children, that they agree to a job and they're like, listen, I got this thing on the side and I need to be off on these days and that's the promise that's made. And then immediately the manager's like, sorry, that doesn't serve me. You're over here, you're working or you're quitting. And I'm like, you know, they make more money one night DJing than you pay them in two weeks. You might want to keep that in mind if you want their work ethic to be around. But, but as I told my verbal sparring partner, there's a gigantic difference between leadership and management. An enormous difference between leadership and management. But where did I get that? Well, I started studying leadership when I was 19. The very first leadership book that I read was John Maxwell's Becoming a Person of Influence. 
It wasn't long after that that I started reading the others, the 21 Irrefutable Laws of Leadership, the Five Levels of Leadership, the 360 Degree Leader, the Leadership Gold. And as I've studied those books intently over the last 30 years, what I find to be true is exactly what John said. Leadership, it's influence, nothing more and nothing less. And you don't have to be at the top of the heap of an org chart to have influence. And here's how I know that to be true from my own experiences. The first time I was asked to go to the Congo was about two and a half, three years ago. And the very first time that I went to the Congo, I started doing a leadership presentation. That's what I was hired for, to do leadership training for the parliament of the Congo. They flew me in, they set up a hotel, the African dream, parliament members came in, I worked with an interpreter and we began our process of leadership training. And around lunchtime, they had their lunch break. I went back to my hotel room to call my wife and catch up for the day. And when I came back from my lunch, I find a, a plastic wrapper from a knife and fork laying on the sidewalk, right where the sidewalk curves around to the pool area. And I thought, well, if that gets in the pool filter, that's really going to do some damage to the pump. So why don't I just pick that up and put it in the trash? It's the right thing to do. So I bent over and I picked it up and I took a few more steps and I saw another one. Apparently the wind had blown a few out of the trash can, right? That's my assumption. And then I come into the clearing where I can see the pool and around the pool outside was where all of our dignitaries had had their lunch. And what I noticed floored me. And that was at every single chair. It was as if they ripped the package open and they dropped the plastic on this side and the knife and fork when they were done with it on this side and their plates from their food were still sitting on the table as if there was a bus staff or something. And I was, I was kind of taken aback by it, but I began very quickly to start picking up all this trash that I didn't want to be in the pool filter. So here I am in coat and tie out in the African sun at noon picking up all of this trash from our government dignitaries. Well, as I started picking up around one table, one of my fellow speakers, Dr. Jeffrey Mitchell said, yeah, let me grab a trash can, I'll help you. You obviously can't carry all that. And he literally followed me around with a trash can as I picked up the trash from every single table from every one of our dignitaries. What I didn't realize was that the windows were like a two-way mirror. I couldn't see anybody in the room. I didn't realize they were paying attention. Frankly, I didn't care. But when I got back into the room and I sat down, my interpreter told me they were watching you. And I said, okay. He said, no, they, they were watching you intently and silently. And I said, okay. He said, some of them were taking pictures. And I said, okay, now it's getting a little creepy. He said, and some of them were shooting videos and they were talking quietly among themselves and a couple of them were crying. And I was like, Okay, now we've gone way over the top. We're talking about some garbage around the pool. I don't get the big deal. He said, no, you don't understand. You're the first white man who's come here to tell us what leadership is and then do it in front of us. Because we've had a whole lot of people tell us what leadership is who don't demonstrate leadership. And you've done that like no one else has done. Now, you're right. You're right, I may be a fraud if you think leadership is the management of being at the top of the heap. As John Maxwell says though, if you find that you're at the top of the mountain and it's lonely up there, you may just be taking a walk. I don't find myself lonely. I don't find myself with five or 10 or 500 people who report directly to me. I'm not a manager, that's not what I do. But when it comes to leadership, I walk the talk 
I do what I know is right. I do what I believe is right. I do what I encourage, inspire, and tell other people to do. I live it with my family, with my neighbors, with my friends, in the small organizations that I do lead as a manager, in the small groups of people that I mentor, and in my one-on-one relationships. Am I a leader or a manager? Well, according to the foremost living leadership guru, John Maxwell, leadership is influence, nothing more and nothing less, and that doesn't require an enormous org chart to be effective. But in my book, the greatest leader of all time had 12 followers, not an enormous org chart, but those 12, they're still doing the work today by proxy because what they did inspired others and inspired others and inspired others and inspired others. My challenge to you is to be that kind of leader that a couple thousand years from now, people are still doing what you believed was a good idea. I'm Jay Lauren Norris with Leading Leaders Podcast for Tell It Like It Is TV. Have a blessed day. Subscribe now for our extensive video library of leadership lessons promoting faith, family, and freedom.